This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is black and white. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. This is episode number 8, and this week we are really proud to bring to you uh, Chris Barron. Chris Barron is a former professional referee who has also worked uh, Division 1 and Division 3 for NCAA hockey in the United States. He was a former member of the United States Officiating Development Program and started in the early 2000s. Uh, we are very proud to welcome Chris to the show. So welcome, Chris. Thank you very much. I appreciate it also. So, Chris, uh, you pretty you have a pretty cool background. I'm wondering maybe if you could just tell the listeners out there listening just kind of maybe how you got involved uh, in officiating and uh, maybe just a kind of a quick background on your career. Yeah, uh, quickly, is you know, like most players, when you get to the older age uh, and you know you're not going to make it to a, a pro team, uh, you, you, you switch goal uh, to the other side and, uh, you know, hope to achieve what you could as a, a player. I was fortunate enough, uh, back in 2000, I went up to, uh, Toronto, uh, to try out for, uh, pro team, the Wichita Thunder. They had a, a tryout up there. Um, and at the time, I was already 29 years old and, you know, you're in a group of uh, a room with a group of uh, 30 other kids, and again, like I said, I was almost 30, so I'm saying 30 other kids. Uh, needless to say, the tryout went well, but uh, at the end of the tryout, the GM and the uh, the president of the team uh, they give you your interviews, and they told me that they were impressed uh, what I had for a playing style, um, and they said, unfortunately for you, um, we just want to keep in, keep this in mind to you and say. They said, uh, you see those other 30 kids over there? And I said, yes. And they said, do you notice how we said kids? And I said, yes. He goes, well, we can get 10 to 15 years out of them. We can only get two to five out of you. They said, just become a referee, and you can get whatever you wanted as a player. And I, and I went home, you know, a little with my, my head between my legs or my tail, and I, and I thought about it for a good year because when I went home, I, I played adult hockey, and uh, which is atrocious for most – talented players, not like exceptional players, but little talented players that get to adult hockey, you know, everybody gets upset at you because you're better than them. So after that year of hockey and, you know, some some bad officiating in my eyes, I said, you know, I'm going to take their advice and I'm going to uh, go ahead and I'm going to become an official. So so I, I joined USA Hockey. I registered as a level one, uh, which you have to do here in the United States. And um, I got accepted into a local organization here in Connecticut where I live. Uh, I think I only worked about two or three, maybe four low-level mic games. Uh, hysterically, you know, I caught a bunch of crap. Uh, coaches yelling at me. and Most of us do stink our first game ever. You know that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that summer, ironically, in uh, one of the ice arenas locally uh, where I was assigned my youth hockey games was having a a referee developmental camp, um, and that was being run by Gene Binder, who has uh, uh, been a member of USA Hockey forever and an assigner here in the U.S. for uh, the Atlantic Hockey League, um, other Division Three metropolitan uh, 
uh, colleges, uh, junior hockey, women's professional hockey. Make a long story short, he was having the camp with his good friend Brewster Earl and a current referee who just retired this year in the NHL, Tom Cowell. Um, he, he and Brewster were good friends. They used to work in the American Hockey League before Tom uh, got promoted to the NHL. So uh, I went to that camp uh, as a level one official. Haven't even worked any games yet. I had a blast. Actually, Chris Rooney, it was his rookie season that year, too. Uh, he was there from uh, the NHL. Um, I went to that camp, and then I just, from there, I, I joined the USA Junior Hockey Program. I uh, spent a good four years driving a lot, working a lot for, you know, as most of us know, going through the ranks at the low levels, you're not getting rich, but you're getting rich in knowledge. You're working really hard. You're meeting a lot of great people. Uh, you're seeing the world, you know. Uh, worked hard at that, and then um, Gene picked me up uh, for all his um, – minor league hockey, um, just single A, not the lowest, the highest level of uh, professional hockey, but still to any official that uh, wants to be better and good at what they do, it's it's rewarding just to be, uh, you know, picked to, to chose, chosen to work that. Uh, I did that for about four years for Gene, and I he turned me over, well, gave me to Paul Stewart, who officiates the Division One ECAC men here in the United States. Um... Uh, for the two years that I worked for Paul, it was probably the most memorable uh, seasons ever. Uh, you you got to think of going into, you know, little arenas with only a, a few hundred people to all of a sudden go into sold-out arenas with 5,000 people <laughs> screaming your name that you suck, you know, because <laughs> possibly you, you made the wrong call, you know. Uh, but uh, that pretty much sums it up. I had a good two years. Um, I, I never really had a goal to be there forever, but I had a, a goal to achieve what I wanted to be as a player. Um, unfortunately, for my age is against me. You know, I'm almost I'm 47 soon, so to stay at that level is really impossible because you have to be in the best physical condition. Uh, you have to have the focus. Uh, you 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 know you you've been there yourself and you do it yourself. So if, if you're not on top of your game, you're not focused and you're not in shape, or you're not going to last long because the game never slows down. But we do as individuals as the as the years go on. So I think it's gotten almost tougher as the, like even looking back in the '80s and stuff. I mean, the game was still much slower than it is today, and mm -hmm. that, like the, the speed of the game. It seems like players are getting younger and younger, and it's you're you're right. Like if you can't keep up, it, it's tough. So, yeah, and, yeah, and there's th thousands of officials that want the same job that we had to work hard for. So to keep it, you have to really, really, you have to be focused. You have to listen. You have to tell the truth. Um, and you just have to really want it, you know. The, the speed of the game, though, to bring back of the 80s is how the speed has changed so much is, is we don't have the, the clutch and grab like they used to. Everything yeah. was holding and stuff. So, you know, by um, all the hockey leagues changing all the rules to make the game faster has just made it actually a lot harder for us to be into position. So we got to be there for them. Yeah. And I think you have a lot, like I see, and I guess in the NHL too, like you have a lot tighter standard now. And so, like, Back in the day, it kind of, I, I, I don't know, I mean, I wasn't around back in the day, but you look at the officiating, it almost seemed like it was a little looser, you know, you could do a lot more stuff, and nowadays, because of the speed of the game, 
you have to have such good sight lines to see even like a little hack to the gloves, which they're calling now. It's 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 a lot tougher than it used to be, I'd imagine. Yep, exactly. And a lot of us, you know, those those penalties that you just mentioned is we could have the perfect sight of a field of vision, but you know, as you go up the levels, the bodies get bigger, and all of a sudden, in the last second, you got this body that went right in front of you, and wow, your field your field of vision is gone. You know, yeah, and you can't. And then that's when, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like sometimes you're like, you know, that was a hook. You know, yeah, it might have been a hook, but I'm not calling it if I didn't see it. You know, which most of us would do the same. Yeah. Um. And now, just like, I really wanted to talk about kind of, I guess, um, like the advice you might have for for like listeners out there. And um, I wanted to talk about how you can move up the ladder as an official. I know you've you've seen it all as a player and as a referee. You've really, and now you're kind of in a mentorship role. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe you could talk about, you know, your experience with sort of moving up the ranks and maybe just lessons that you were able to learn and what maybe listeners out there would be able to, 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 to learn from that. Well, we, we could be here forever uh, on that discussion because it's so much, there's so much to take in, especially when you're first starting out um, because sometimes I'd like to use uh, obscene language, but it's it's a crap show when you first step into an ice arena, uh, especially as a level one, being a young official. Um, I don't know where to begin, but, you know, uh, stepping out on the ice for the first time and having the parents yell at you and scream at you, you know, and then you're not knowing what to do and who you're working with, you know, is is just a, a life-changing moment at that point. Um you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go out there, and you gotta do your game. And every game's not gonna be perfect. We, we're always gonna have the, 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 the people screaming at us. But we do get lucky at times, though. You know that, and they do reward us uh, when we do an excellent job um, with, with compliments. Um, and, and they're always good to hear. So for the younger officials that uh, might be listening to this, if you got some really bad games, you, you got years of really good games ahead of you. So. Um, I, I think at the youngest, uh, the youngest levels just coming in, you got to stay focused on the positives because the whole year is going to be a negative for you um, because yeah. you, you're going to be learning so much and learning a lot of mistakes. You're going to get constructive criticism from the people you work with. You're also going to get uh, a lot of negative things that you, you know you don't want to hear from some of the people you work with. Um, I don't want to steer them wrong because some officials react differently to helping out others. Uh, unfortunately, we can't all be on the same page. Um, but I hope if you, as a younger official that would be listening to this, do work with some individuals like that, that you could ignore that and say, "Okay, I only got another game with this person, and then me, or another game or two, and then from there, you know, you could always go and." Uh, Talk to your assigners and say, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with that individual, and and because there's plenty of people to work out there that are willing to help you. So uh, if if they run into any of that, that that they should just you know ignore that. And like, so when you were starting out, did you have? I mean, you're mentioning you like a lot of names that I guess we would recognize, like Chris Rooney and Tom Cowell. Yes. Uh, but like when you were starting out, was it important? Like, did you have guys that you could lean on right away that really oh, helped yeah. you stick it out? Early on. Well, well, early on for me, like I said, that I was lu- for, I was lucky enough that I didn't have to do too much youth hockey. That I jumped right into the junior hockey level. So I, the, the USA Junior Hockey Program puts you in as a, a, the, the newest pool of officials. Just like if you're a hockey player, you're all trying to make the team. So um, yeah, at the time, Scott Brand uh, was there. Um, 
in my local area, who uh, I can give a lot of credit to, uh, an official by the name of Scott Klappick. He has signed the junior hockey here in Connecticut uh, for the Atlantic Junior Hockey League and the Metropolitan Junior Hockey League at the, at the time when I had just uh, finished that junior camp uh, in Norwich that I told you Chris Rooney and uh, Tom Cowell and Bruce Earl ran. Um, and he uh, asked me if I could work the lines for him. So, you know, I could basically say Scott Scott was awesome, and he hooked me up with uh, Gene Binda, and he hooked me up with the junior hockey program because the junior hockey program took over the Atlantic Junior Hockey League and the Metropolitan Junior Hockey League officiating the following year. So yeah. I was lucky and stepped into that because of uh, Scott, yes. And like, uh, well, and ahead, say, no. When you were starting out, did you, did you know from day one that you wanted to kind of reach – like the highest levels possible, or were you more just you know there? For oh the, no, the no, no, no! My goal was to make it as high as possible because of what the coach and the GM of the Wichita Thunder said. You'll get everything back as a as an official that you wanted as a player. Yeah. So that was what that, that just motivated and drove me to that. And also, to be honest with you, um, I'll bring up a negative situation that also helped me drive me to that to to achieve that goal was an individual that I work with in my, my normal job, my normal life outside of hockey, I was telling him how I had got accepted into the, the program and that I was going to be doing a lot of traveling. And he looked at me and he said, now why would you want to do that? You're never going to make it. So from that day forward, that comment from him and then the comments from the uh, the general manager, the Wichita Thunder, uh, had had it in my mind that I, I, I had a, I had it what it takes to it, hopefully get to the American Hockey League. That's what my goal was. But I was going to be happy with uh, Division One or some kind of uh, minor league experience. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, you started out at, a, at like a relatively older age than some new officials, you know, starting out in – some of those younger guys, like if you're, I'm thinking if you're 14, 15, maybe they might not have that same quick path. I mean, yes. what kind of advice would you give to those guys that you know are going to have to stick it out in the younger levels for, you know, a good four or five years at least? And, you know, what, what type of advice would you tell them for moving up in the ranks? Well, as the biggest advice and the best advice is to honestly be as quiet as possible and to take as many games as possible, regardless of the level of uh, the play. Uh, to be honest with you, um, you can have more fun working some of those Mike games, those uh, square games. Uh, I know they changed uh, the way you, you put them now. They go by age group. But... Um, those games can be just rewarding because honestly, at those being 14, 15 years old, you, you, yes, you're a referee. Yes, you you probably are good, but you're not good at everything you need to be at to make it to the next level. When you're working your mic games and your squirt games, those are the games you should be working on. You're backwards skating the most. You should try as much as possible not to skate forward because that makes you a stronger backwards skater when you get promoted to the bantam and the midget games. Because after the bantam and the midgets, it comes the juniors and the college. And if you can't skate backwards, you're, you're, you're not going to get selected because that's, that's key, especially as a linesman or a referee. We're skating backwards a lot. You know, um, besides the, the the lower levels, don't be scared of doing lower levels because you have to go through the system. You can't just jump into the bantams. You can if you're gifted, but not many of us are. We have to work hard for it. So they they shouldn't feel discouraged if they're not getting the games that they feel that they should be because first of all, their age. 
Yeah. You know, we, we can't put people in age groups that are older than them, especially in the youth level. So we have to keep them, I believe, here in the USA Hockey at their age level or below. So okay. it, it'll come for them. It'll come for them if they work hard. They also shouldn't talk about other people. Talking about other people travels faster than CNN news in the officiating community. <laughs> you know, I remember once when I was in the, the junior program and I was out in Ohio uh, going to uh, Michigan uh, with a, a good friend of mine uh, back in the day. We worked a lot together. His name was Ben Lord. And uh, we had got stuck on the side of the road because he had to, to, to pee. And we're in the middle of nowhere. There's nowhere to pee. And uh, we, we pull over. And I guess it snowed forever in Ohio, if you know Ohio. And all the snow had cleared. And I hadn't known that. So the road was all mushy. When I pulled over on the side, it, it got stuck in the in the mud. Right, so it took us a half hour. We finally got a tow, luckily, in the middle of nowhere to get us out of the mud, to get us on our way to Detroit to make the game in time. To make the long story short, within 40 minutes, I had people calling me from all over the U.S. laughing at us. You know, <laughs> people from Alaska, people in, in Minnesota, people in Ohio, people everywhere. Were like, It's just news travels fast. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a positive story to share. But yeah. if they're saying negative things about people it's going to travel just as fast. And those negative things can actually hurt you very much to where you possibly might not even get the chance that you really wanted to. Yeah, because I think naturally, I guess, in officiating, it's you can get jealous of other people, you know, if you don't get moved up or you don't get the gold medal game or whatever it is, right? And well, I, yeah. I totally agree with you. The jealousy is always going to be there, and there's also going to be the politics there, just like uh, the younger officials now. We'll just say, uh, like, like, the cliques, you know, there's they're in school right now so they know certain people hang out with certain people and certain people hang out with those people that the other ones don't want to so those are also things that they're going to have to realize that you know what uh, what do I do to get them to like me it, it's not about getting them to like you it's about what you can do to, to get the job done to get you to the next level because it's the matter of the bosses liking you at the younger levels a lot of those people that they're going to be working with aren't working the higher levels so it's great to take all their advice yes mm -hmm. so basically your takeaway is basically just kind of keep your head down work hard stay focused kind of i guess control what you can control and not keep we got to keep our head up not yeah. keep our head down but we have to avoid the negative yeah. you know and we we have to not voice our opinion especially on social media you know we, we we can't go out and i had a horrible game with such and such a person today and blah 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 and yeah. next thing you know you're getting phone calls and you're getting removed from all your games so yeah, that's a key if you don't have a good week or if you don't have a good game or if you don't have a good partner there's always ways to just call up your assigners or your local board and say hey I have these issues and I want to get better at it for next year or for next game I, I want to get this out of my head and that's interesting like you're kind of talking a little bit about social media and like I know like obviously you're pretty involved in like uh, in particular like the referee group uh, referee group on Facebook and you know, you see a lot of this sort of social media activity. I mean, is there is there certain things that you see that you kind of shake your head at and say that's not the way you do it? And you know, uh, what, what takeaways have you taken from from that? I guess. Well, with the, the Page Ice Hockey Referee Club, um, we have a lot of 
referees on there have never really officiated at the higher levels, which we can't put them down because they might not have had that opportunity geographically where they live. So, um, but we we all want to be the best. You know, I, I see a lot of people post negative things about mostly in the NHL season. It's horrible and horrendous that, you know, they think they know every rule in the fastest game of the earth, but, you know, they don't have the sight lines, the field division, you know what I mean? Uh, we got we got the replay on TV, you know, we, we got the whistles and that we can think about it, and they don't. They can't see what they're, they're seeing on the ice in NHL. So when they tend to blow up the page with all that negative stuff, I like to leave it there for a minute so the individuals can see how they're acting and how people respond to it. But once it starts to change to get negative and uh, people starting uh, to put each other down and attack each other verbally, uh, all that stuff has to be deleted. And I try to remind uh, those individuals in private messages that, if number one, if you're an official, um, you certainly know that someone doesn't want to talk to you in that manner or critique your game in that manner because there's no reason for, for you or any of us to, uh, to write anything about anybody as, a, as an official. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, like social media is a whole other thing that you could probably talk for for forever about. But like, I know like for the NHL guys, like they're not allowed to have social media accounts, and I'm sure there's probably yeah. a lot of reasons similar to kind of what you're saying, how you can get into trouble, I guess, mm-hmm. do a lot of things. But I mean, obviously, there's positive elements too, like with social media. I mean, the amount of learning that can go on now from just being in touch with other people is 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 pretty cool. And I, I don't know if you could maybe talk a bit about seeing that and kind of you know learning from each other or just. I guess building kind of relationships too. Well, social media is great for all our fellow officials around the uh, around the world, especially because most of us experience the same game situations, game in and game out, just different levels of play. So we might have a game where we're working with a newer individual that we haven't worked for before, uh, worked with before, and we have a game situation where we might not agree on a certain rule, right? So we go back and we turn to the uh, to the page, the Ice Hockey Referee Club, or even your page in general, and we ask, hey, what should have been done in what rule, according to the rule of the league that we worked on? So, and then everybody ch- uh, chimes in and gives their interpretation of uh, what they would have done. So it's always great to know that, hey, did I do it right or did I do it wrong? So not only that, if you work with that individual uh, again, you'll understand each other more, uh, but also if that same situation comes around, you should be able to remember uh, what the proper rule was. Yeah, and I think it's pretty cool too because like, um, we talk about it a lot, like especially in our local sort of community, how you know you, you can't just all of a sudden go from day one of refereeing to go to the NHL. You have to go through that process of learning, right, like you were talking about. Yes. And a lot of that process sort of involves, I guess, you know, seeing these weird situations you might see once or twice in your career or, you know, having these gong show games where, you know, that's kind of where you're learning. I find that's mm. what social media can really be good for is seeing these weird situations that you might never encounter and kind of putting that in the back of your head and sort of, you know, taking notes down and saying, if that happens to my game, that that might be something to take away, I guess, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to switch gears a, a little bit here. And I like... I think for a lot of officials out there that will move up the ranks, they will have experience, I guess, working for different assigners or working through different leagues or different rule books. 
Um, and I'm wondering maybe if you could just kind of touch on your experience with that and maybe some, some thoughts that you might be able to share. Well, yes, especially uh, working for different assigners. You know, as you start to get popular and you're doing a good job and uh, you're on the radar, which you all want to be as officials that join at a young age and even middle-aged like myself, uh, the key is uh, you really want to stick to the one assigner that you feel true to. Not that you don't want to give up on the other assigners because they're just as important to you as the one that you want to devote most of your time to. Uh, what you have to do is you you're, you got to really be respectful for all your assigners. And that is keeping up on your availability because there's nothing worse than working you know, for especially large organizations like Mr. Mr. Stewart, Paul Stewart, uh, Mr. Gene Binder, uh, they got thousands of hockey games to officiate. And then all of a sudden you tell them last second that, hey, I don't want to do this game 24 hours, you know, before the game because I, I'm sick. And then he finds out you're working a game for Mr. Stewart, you know, they, they he gets mad, you know, and then Paul, Paul and Gene have to discuss it between each other, you know, so it, it, they don't want to get mad with each other. The signers sometimes get aggravated because they we they lose a game. They, they lose a referee because you, you're being irresponsible and not dedicating your time to that person. So it gets them at tense with each other at times. So that's what I'm trying to get at is your availability calendar, devote your time to, uh, your time to one person, and then whatever you got open after that, uh, give those other assigners that have helped you along the way uh, some of your time because they need your help also. Um, and block it out. Just block it out. If you got a game, I got at one time I think I had seven different associations I was working for. So you know how <laughs> wow. time consuming. Yeah, you know how time consuming it is working for that. And, yeah. and you have to go and do that in every calendar. So that's yeah. really important. Well, that's the um, like talking about that. Sorry to interrupt, but like I, like I know even like I work uh, three associations, and sometimes you can get lazy and say, "Well, I'm just not going to block it off after I get assigned a game. I'm just going to hope I don't get filled, or, you know, get it filled or whatever." And you kind of, but I mean, like it takes that. Just take that extra five minutes, I guess, right, and just make sure everything's kind of synced up and just yes, avoid that, that hassle, I guess, right? Yes, because if you start declining games, you're going to stop getting games. Right. We can get lazier as we get older because our, our bosses know us. But for all the younger officials that are going to be coming up the ranks or newer officials that are older, your availability is your best friend right now. So make sure you stay on top of that. The, um, I know you mentioned the rule books. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's another key situation. <laughs> you know, if you really want to be an NCAA referee and you want to work Division One college and Division Three college in the American, uh, the ACHA, which is college club hockey here in the U.S., which also goes by the NCAA rule book, you should try and work as many NCAA game sanctioned games that you, that you can, you know, because let's let's like myself when I first joined, I was working uh, the junior program, so we had the USA Junior Hockey Rulebook, mm -hmm. and then I was working uh, the high school hockey, which is the National Federation high school hockey uh, here in the United States. Then I had my USA Junior Hockey Rule, I mean my USA Ju not Junior, but my USA Rulebook. Then I had my NCAA Rulebook. And then if I was working a federal league or uh, whatever league that Mr. Binder had me in, they all had different rule books. <laughs> so to juggle all those rule books, it's not that you're not going to do a good job when you get out there, but every league has its own penalties and it has its own face-off lo uh, locations because not everybody's on the same page right now. So they're getting there. Everybody's almost there, but 
the working multiple multiple leagues can go, can go against you. It's great for exposure, but if you don't have all those different rule book knowledge uh, down, oh my god, you can get crucified out there by the coaches. You know, yeah, it's tough because like, and I, I like when you're saying this, I can think directly to like the leagues that I work and how, especially like as a linesman, there's some decisions that you make that are split second decisions, and there's different rule books that have different definitions like for offsides and everything, and you have to make that split second decision so you can't really take that time to think about it and process it right you have to know it off the top of your head and like yeah was there, certain, was there certain ways that you kind of i guess prepare for games or like you know like how, how did you kind of <laughs> juggle all the the rules at once uh honestly the most of the uh, friends that uh that worked with me over the years uh being a, I was a career linesman, so you know I didn't start to officiate uh, college hockey until about five, six years ago because my size, my build, uh, so I was pretty much a, a referee. Preparing myself, I just knew that I was in good hands. You know, I, pretty much I knew who everybody I was working with. Um, I'd say I would love to uh, put more time into that rule book because uh, it probably could help me become uh, an official faster rather than a linesman. But uh, I put faith in uh, my team out there. So if any time uh, you got out there and a strange situation comes up, there's no reason why we shouldn't hesitate and come together and say, "Hey guys, this is what I got. What's the rule?" You know, and you know your 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 ref is usually the one uh, that uh, knows all those rules. And you know, you team up together and you say, "This is what I got. This is what should we we should do." Am I correct? And then you all look at each other as a team and say, "Yes, that is the correct call." You know, so yeah, that's where you rely on your team if you you don't have all those uh, books down pat. So yeah, and I think it's interesting too because like. I mean, the whole other issue of kind of being a linesman and how, how you know, knowledgeable you should be with the rule book is another thing entirely because uh, I think sometimes you, you can cheat the system and kind of hope that we can get away with not knowing the entire thing, maybe sticking to our responsibilities. But, geez, I can think of certain situations where a referee was kind of stuck and they have to look at the linesman kind of with, you know, those big wide eyes not knowing the rule. And if you're not there to kind of back them up, I mean, yeah, you know, but... <laughs> I think, I don't know, is, do you have kind of a similar takeaway, you know, as a linesman, you know? Uh, mostly, at, I guess? mostly at the junior hockey level because uh, the junior hockey level in ODP is an officiating developmental program. So a lot of us join that uh, is inexperienced with the junior hockey rule book. Uh, so, yeah, we ran into that a lot at the lower levels. But as you get higher, um, we get better at our rule knowledge. So, you know, you don't, you might get a, an occasional one once in a while where you all chuckle and you get a good laugh out of it. But you know, if it comes, as long as it comes down to the end, we all get it right. But uh, most of that came down at the lower levels, the junior hockey level. And uh, some, some leagues in the United States for the uh, 18 and under use three man. So that that's where it would be. But that's not known the knowledge of the rule book completely yet yeah no it's uh, it's just something that uh, uh has always kind of stuck with me is like they always tell us you know just because you're a linesman it's no excuse for not knowing the rule book you have to you have to absolutely know it just just in case there's something that happens where you know the referee doesn't see something or they yeah. misinterpret a rule or whatever right well not only that what if a referee goes down now you're a referee yeah, that's true yeah. So yes, rule book knowledge. Regardless if you're a linesman, you should know uh, 100% of the rule book if if you're capable of it. Yes. The more the more you know, the more you help yourself, and the more you help the team out there on the ice. Yeah, and it's amazing too because like 
maybe like this is gonna sound bad, but like you maybe you can get away with messing up a, a rule here or there, you know, especially in a regular season where you know you know stuff happens. But in the playoffs, like I mean, in the Ottawa area here in Canada, I mean, there's been a couple situations in our junior league in the past couple years where there's a rule that's misinterpreted in a playoff game. And all of a sudden that, you know, that rule interpretation leads to a goal and there's a big dispute and they have to replay the game, you know, these little minor things. And like we had a game a couple of weeks or not a couple, but it was a while back where something as simple as uh, there was a shot, there was a puck shot outside the zone, uh, delayed offside, the goalie covered it up. The referee blows the whistle. Where's the, where's the face off? He thought it was inside, right? So I took mm-hmm. him inside. This is a playoff game. And I said, no, 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 that's, that's got to come outside, right? Mm-hmm. These little things. I mean, if that if there's a goal off that face off that gets scored, right? It's like these these complaints. So it's you know. As, as plus you got plus you got an assist if you drop the puck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the coaches are not. That's not the type of assistant coach is going to be happy about. So yeah. So what happened? Yeah. So the face off comes outside. I mean, nobody even knows. Nobody knows is any wiser to it. But it's those little things, right? If somebody actually knows the rule. And complains about it in a playoff game. It's just it's just a nightmare for everybody involved, right? So did you get the rule right? Oh yeah, we got it right. We got it right. Yeah. But it's these little things, you know. Sometimes a referee will have never seen that before, and you can back him up. Whatever. So yeah, oh, I'm glad just... that they trusted your judgment as a team. You know, what <laughs> I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, if that was incorrect, I'm sure I would have gotten the <laughs> kick in the ass after the game. But it was it all worked out fine. But uh, um, yeah, no, Chris. Like I, I'm wondering, maybe if you could maybe kind of talk about uh, so. You had your your career in pro hockey, working college hockey. I'm wondering maybe if you could talk about maybe some of the hockey you do now and and kind of you know your approach to officiating uh, presently. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to do say quickly, my career in pro hockey wasn't like huge or anything. It was just like your you like I told you the single entry level pro hockey, which was great. You know, uh, in my college hockey was also short uh, at the division one level because it's hard to stay there. Uh, but currently. I just work the American Collegiate Hockey Association, which is a college club here in the United States. Uh, they get a Division One, Two, II, and Three, uh, which you know surprisingly has gotten very, very good uh, in the past ten years. Uh, back in the day, a lot of people used to see it as a goon hockey, glorified, uh, glorified men's league for college kids. Uh, but now they've uh, turned it around, and they they have national championships, uh, you know, uh, regional championships. So the the, the level of play has uh, stepped up dramatically. Uh, and I just stepped back into um, refereeing high school hockey. Um, I had taken a short leave of absence for about four years uh, when I had got promoted to uh, referee at the NCAA Division Three level. Um, so I wanted to focus on the one rule book. You know, you, see, you always wanted to be a referee, so I don't want to start using three rule books when this is my time to uh, know the one that I really care for. So I uh, I, I shied away from that and uh, youth hockey. I hadn't done any youth hockey. Uh, for a few years also uh, but now uh, just basically hanging out doing the college ACHA club uh, I like to work all the youth tournaments here in the east coast uh, where the, it's dramatic it's just insane how much hockey we here we have here for tournaments uh, from the college level to uh, to the lowest level of uh, you know kids hockey uh, it's non-stop actually it's going to start the end at the end of this month in May up until uh, hockey season, basically, it won't stop. Um, so I'll work a little bit of the youth hockey to keep my legs going. Um, try hopefully find a, a few young officials uh, out there 
that I can help uh, guide them in the right direction to, you know, possibly start their career in uh, the NCAA ranks. You know, uh, that's basically it for me. Uh, I don't work too hard, too crazy anymore. Like I said, I'm 47 and I'm not in the best shape that I used to be. I mean, I'm still pretty good, healthy guy. Uh, still, you know, can cause some damage if I need to on the ice. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing better than a crazy linesman. You know that. <laughs> oh, so, for sure. yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. But that's what I'm doing now, you know, enjoying watching uh, all the kids that, uh, no, sorry, I say kids, all the kids that I went through <laughs> the junior, the uh, ODP with, uh, you know, now they're all working the Olympics and they're working uh, the American Hockey League finals and uh, it's good to see them. Uh, I don't mind sitting back and knowing that I was a part of that with them and seeing them achieve it, you know, because, gosh, they're like 10 years younger than me. So, you know, they had that opportunity uh, and they came into it to real good age and, I like sitting back and watching the kids that uh, I see at a young age, uh, looking at the box scores, you know, and that means more to me now, knowing that uh, the younger kids uh, are achieving their goals like I did. Yeah, and it's cool, just kind of wrapping up, but like, I'm wondering maybe like, obviously it sounds like you've taken on a bit of like a mentorship role, I mean, what's your approach to kind of mentoring a lot of these new younger officials coming through, I mean, uh, what's kind of your, your approach, I guess? Uh, not really. I don't seek them out, but if I see somebody that looks really good, that has a lot of potential at an ice arena, because I'm not a supervisor. I'm just a normal guy that's a referee, you know, yeah. and I don't work for anybody supervising, but when I see somebody, because you don't know, and that's good advice to give you, you never know who's watching you, no matter what level of game, but when I see somebody that I feel could have potential, I always reach out to Gene Binder. I always reach out to Paul Stewart. I always reach out to the organization that they work for, and I tell them that I think they might have the potential, and you know, and and I hope that they uh, they they act upon it. I don't know because I don't follow through unless I hear from the 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 person that I recommend. You know, and most of the times I don't. But the do the few that do that do make it. They always give you a call back and say thank you, and uh, that means a lot to me. So just a simple yeah. thank you, and watching them in the box scores is also a good thing. So and it's pretty cool too, because like, I mean, yeah, well, talking to a lot of the the pro referees or even junior referees, it seems there's like a, there's a common theme where, you know, there's always that story of how they got found or whatever, right? There's always that story of who gave them the opportunity. Yeah, you know, I was seen at this camp, or somebody was supervising me one day, and record. You know, there's always that. So it's cool, like. Especially if you're super, you know, you're going to these rinks in these small towns that might not get seen by a lot of these, you know, higher level supervisors, and you know, giving that recommendation, I think, is, is pretty cool for a lot of these yeah. guys, right? <clears throat> yeah, my recommendation also, besides and just steer off the course a little bit, is for especially here in the United States for uh, all our younger officials, is uh, going to any camp that you can. I know, cost wise, you know, it might not be easy for you or your family, depending on what age you are. But uh, just to get that exposure, to get to that camp, to see what is expected at the next level, how much you have to put into it, you know. And then also, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, other people always talk negative about assigners. Don't work for this guy. Don't work for that guy. Don't work for this guy. You should work for everybody that you can here in the United States because the officiating junior program Everybody, almost everybody that I went through, I hear a lot of people say bad things about that program, but everybody that I worked with consistently over the years, not just periodically, they all work the leagues that we want to work for. You know, a lot of the guys that work for Paul Stewart, 
they all work the national championships. They all work the American Hockey League. A lot of the guys that work for Gene Binda, they all work the American Hockey League. They all work, and then some of them make it to the national championships because it depends on what conference you are. You can't send the same conference, obviously, to the championship game. But all three of those individuals, especially here on the East Coast, I'm not sure how it works on the other side of the United States, but all three of those individuals could be so rewarding to anybody that wants to take the time to uh, put their effort into any one of those that gives them that opportunity. So if you get the opportunity and you get a call from all three of those, you know, or just one of them, jump on it and go for it and work hard. You're going to skate hard. You're going to drive far. You're going to see everywhere. And it can be rewarding if you really set your mind to it. Yeah. Um, no, Chris, like, I think that's that's pretty good advice, especially for like the younger listeners that are listening out there. A lot of kind of different topics we touched on. I'm wondering maybe if you could give some, some I guess, some parting advice to the listeners out there and just kind of some final uh, words of wisdom that you might want to want to provide. <laughs> Uh, final words of wisdoms is, uh, you know, uh, not really. Just be focused, stay hard, and enjoy your life. Uh, don't make the ice arena you, you, everything about you because you have a life outside the arena. You know, so when you get a bad game, you know we're we're all gonna have. 10,000 great games, but you're going to have five bad games, and you're always going to remember those five games. So when you get those bad games, just try to remember everything positive that happened. It might take a day or two, but everything's out there for you if you want to achieve it. And if you listen and you just do what it takes and you follow the steps, you know, and just skate hard, stay focused, and be the best you can be. You're not going to be perfect because none of us are perfect. So I'll leave it at that, you know. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty good to me. And just, uh, yeah, Chris, I want to thank you for, for I guess, uh, taking some time out of uh, your uh, your Tuesday afternoon to uh, speak with us. And I appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners out there will appreciate some of the advice that you were able to provide. All right. I thank you for your time and uh, safe travels and enjoy your off season if it's not over yet. If not, enjoy your playoffs, all right? Yeah, yeah thank you very much.